Hello everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to mention a few things. And really briefly, I do have asthma, so if you sometimes will hear me take like a sharper or deeper breath, that's why. And then another thing is, I talked about Bang Bang Kon coming up. Um, I talked about it coming up because I recorded this episode the day of April 17th, the day of Bang Bang Kon 2021. And so I was talking about it that it was coming up and that it hadn't happened yet. So but I recorded this episode before that, and then I'm just leaving you this little note to kind of differentiate that. But I think I'm still leaving it in the episode because I still think that it's good stuff. For example, I was talking about how if we get up and actually interact as if it were a real concert, we'll have a better experience. Before we get started in today's episode, I wanted to just let you guys know that about 24 minutes into the recording, I do begin talking about something that is very emotional and very close to my heart. And so if you wanted to just kind of be aware of that, I wanted to give you that information. It is just emotional and it's a tender situation that happened in my real life. So I wanted to let you know about that. And if you wanted to skip over it, of course, you're welcome to do that. And other than that, I really hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the podcast. This is Begin the Search. Hello, Army everywhere. Hello, every single Army, old, young, big, small, somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter what we look like, what we talk like, what we sound like, or how we walk, or how we think, if we consider ourselves to be BTS Army, if we consider ourselves to be in the family and we love them, we love them unconditionally, and we just have the biggest joy supporting BTS and supporting one another, making friends, being happy, doing our best, even if we're not truly happy, truly loving ourselves yet, but we're trying. I welcome everybody to the podcast, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter where we've been in life, no matter where we're going in life, no matter how much we have or how little we have, I am so happy to have you here and I'm in the car thought I would take a moment while I'm driving home from work. Anyway, today is Friday, April 16th. Future me here. I had been talking about Bang Bang Kon 2021 and I lost some of the recording or in editing things just kind of got messed up. So the next part starts in kind of abruptly talking about Fifth Muster and talking about BTS without really any segue leading into it. But I just wanted to let you know that it came off of saying I'm excited that we would be able to watch a couple of, or like three special stage performances on YouTube on April 17th. And I was really excited about it, so I hope the next part will make sense, and let's get back into the episode. And Fifth Muster performances, performance clips, are actually some of the very first clips or videos that 
pulled me into a diehard BTS army um, where I knew I wasn't going to care who knows that I like them, that I love them. Because at first I felt like, well, this is probably for teenagers. This is probably for people who know the Asian, the Asian languages. It's probably not for me. And it was, it wasn't me thinking I'm not into this. It was me thinking I had no right to be a fan because I wasn't a teenager or I wasn't in my early 20s. And at the time, I also felt like BTS was only about age 17 or 18. Some of them possibly 15, 16 years old. When I saw them or when I found them in late 2018, that's when I saw the first couple clips of interviews, but I never watched any of their performances. I never listened to their music. I didn't even know they sang. I just know that they came on the Ellen DeGeneres show and on the Jimmy Fallon show and talked and that they were some kind of a group, but I didn't know anything about it. I just thought, oh, they're really cute. I just felt like it was inappropriate for me to think that they were cute or handsome and I thought they were all age 17 or so and so I didn't know that they were a performance group. I didn't know they could dance. I didn't know they could do choreography. I didn't know they were funny. I didn't know they were charming. I didn't know they were wise. I didn't know that they were so loving and caring and that they loved their fans so much. I thought this was just like a brand new phenomenon in 2018 and I may have even been watching a 2017 interview in 2018 does that make sense so it's like I was in YouTube and for some reason I see this Jimmy Fallon has the biggest boy band in the world on his show and you know it's a recommended video alongside some music video that I was watching probably Backstreet Boys or Jonas Brothers or something where I see in the recommended videos on the right side that Jimmy Fallon has the largest boy band or boy group or something on his show. So I click on that thinking it's going to be like a boy band of 40 people or something on, on a stage. And I see these Asian boys that look like they're about age 17. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know why they're saying this is big. This isn't a huge group. And then I also saw, because I clicked on that, I saw other videos that were called um, 17, like the group 17, and I'm like, oh, that's too many for me. I don't want to try to watch a video that's going to show me 17 different faces, and there's no way I'm going to know their names, and I'm not even sure the music will be catchy, so let's just skip this. But I did watch a little bit of that Jimmy Fallon interview, and I thought, these kids are cute. But it wasn't, like, tied to Idol, which I think they performed Idol on his show that same time. I do remember that their suits were those really colorful patterns, you know. And so I don't remember if that was in... I guess that was probably 2018 because Idol didn't come out until 2018. But I was watching this in late November, early December. Uh, just seeing BTS talking to Jimmy Fallon in their bright patterned suits... And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know why they're the biggest boy band in the world, but this is kind of fun because I've always been very attracted to Koreans and Japanese people. I've always thought the women were beautiful. I've always thought the men were really handsome and that the kids were adorable. And I've loved the art. Like anything with cherry blossoms, I absolutely love and adore art like that. I love like bamboo and... Uh, mountains and different things, the really beautiful 
houses or traditional temples and things that you see in Japan and in China and in Korea and I've always been attracted to that but I've never had cable TV I've never had uh, I never had Netflix before a few months ago I never had the money to spend on renting DVDs from Redbox or any other place um, I never really had a good VCR or Blu-ray player so I really didn't have a way to satisfy my interest in Asian culture and but I've always felt very attracted to the little bits that I could see. If I saw one of the beautiful temples in Asia, or if I saw women in kimono, or the wooden shoes, or the, is it straw? I'm not sure what the shoes are made out of, you know, the weaved straw shoes I think they are. If I saw those triangular hats, I'm not even sure if that's the right way to describe that, but it's like the, the hats that Yungi was wearing in his Dichi Ta video, um, August D in his video and when I would watch Star Trek as a really little girl um, reruns of Star Trek like the old Star Trek I thought that the is he a helmsman I believe uh, he was in this greenish goldish yellowish shirt uh, Mr. Sulu who was played by George Takei there's something about his you know yellow or caramel toned skin that I really liked. I loved his black shiny hair. I loved his very clean shaven face and the absence of a lot of body hair. I loved his eyes that were angled differently than every other guy's eyes and I just thought the, that was like the most beautiful face in my young life. Um, I've arrived home so we don't have to hear the noisy road anymore. But then fast forward so 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 many years well, no, that's not true. Let's back up a little bit. Let's back up a lot. <laughs> in high school, my family hosted a Japanese exchange student girl for three weeks. We wished it was a lot longer, but the program that we signed up for was only a three-week program. Man, that seems like really weird. I feel like we had them longer than three weeks now. Three weeks is such a short time. Her name was Michiko, and I don't even remember where she was from. And we've stopped writing letters and lost touch. But anyway, I thought that her family and her culture was really beautiful. She showed us tons of pictures. We didn't have the internet. She had these cassette tapes because we didn't even have money. My family didn't have money for CDs. But she had these cassette tapes and she would play Japanese pop music. It wasn't like J-pop probably. It, was, it didn't have a really extreme pop beat to it, but it was kind of like, I don't even remember what the music was, but there was this one that was like, something like that. So that's the only song that I actually remember. Um, it's terrible and I don't know the words, but we didn't really get to learn much of her culture. She had these things that she was supposed to do during her stay. She was supposed to cook for us one time and then learn about American culture and learn about American food and activities. And we were supposed to take her places. So we took her to Lake Michigan, or not Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, because I'm from Wisconsin and we would drive up to Lake Superior on a really hot day and we would take sandwiches and chips and watermelon and salad and go up there and play in the sand and play in the waves all day. And then we would go hiking up there in a place called Lake of the Clouds. So if you're from the Midwest and you know where these places are, shout out to you guys. Hello, we share something. Anyway, so I just really didn't ever have the exposure to 
Asian culture that I wanted. And then in college and after my divorce, I came across a Chinese music video and I had never really watched MVs. Well, I guess I used to be into Josh Groban a lot, so I would watch Josh Groban's MVs, but I wouldn't spend a lot of time watching them because mostly he's just walking slowly and singing slowly or playing the piano and singing and looking up at the sky or looking around him and that wasn't extremely interesting to me and so when I came across this Chinese video I think it was called waiting for you it might not have been Chinese actually I don't know I might want to look it up uh, the song was waiting for you waiting for you waiting for you kiss me at the night we can meet Cinderella. And I think the year that I came across that video was about 2011, 2012. Uh, right before that, in 2011, I came across some clips from a K-drama, and I didn't know it was a K-drama. I didn't know it was Korean. And I just thought these people were so attractive. The K-drama that I found, I was like searching for it because I got really into it after seeing the first two episodes. And what's funny about it is it was actually subbed in Spanish for the first two episodes. So I watched both of those and I watched them reading the Spanish subtitles and I understood what was going on. The series was called 49 Days and it's a beautiful K-drama. It was so wonderful. The story was emotional and of course there was a love triangle and it tugged at your heart and there was plenty of crying moments and uh, a couple romantic and cute spots so so touching and like I remember that year my anxiety started to get worse and I had somebody in my life that was trying to cause me a lot of heartache I just felt like I had to protect myself. I have two boys and they were really little so we would just play after we did some schoolwork like preschool and we'd play outside, we'd play indoors and then when they were in bed I would watch 49 days and I would cry like tears streaming down my face. I would cry and cry and cry and it would just like it touched my heart so much that these people that were depicted in the drama loved each other so much and they felt like such a pull and a connection. All these little points of humanity and things that you can relate to if you've been through anything in your life. And I just fell in love with the K-drama and the music that was in it. But I didn't really get to have the internet for the next few years because I didn't have the money to pay for it. Didn't have a way to look for more K dramas, and I didn't try to find any OSTs because I didn't know what an OST was. I didn't know that I could look for the music from the K dramas in YouTube. Back then, I would use YouTube more for Josh Groban or for funny and stupid things. When I was little and when I was a teenager, my parents thought all rap was bad, that all of it was going to be talking about smoking, drugs, and sex. We thought all rap was bad, whether no matter what the person looked like that was doing the rapping, whether it was male or female, whether it was light skin or dark skin or anything. My parents thought rap was bad, so they told me rap was bad, so I grew up believing rap was bad, and I grew up believing that anyone listening to rap was not a good influence and not going to be a good friend or a good boyfriend or, you know, for me to hang out with. I was under the impression that all rap was distasteful, that all rap was negative and bad influence. So when my nephew came across this one rapper in the summer or fall of 2018 and started listening to it, my sister was like, 
Oh, don't worry, there's no references to sex. He's not talking about taking drugs. He doesn't have religious exclamations. His subject matter can be dark, and it can be negative, and it can be emotional, because he went through a lot of hard times. And he does mention drugs because I believe his mother, she passed away because of drugs. The rapper is NF. So my kids were listening to him, and I was okay with it, because the subject matter was clean. And it wasn't degrading to anyone, and it wasn't going bringing down their self-esteem or anything. I'm not saying that all rap does that, but I really thought that some rap, if it's got explicit lyrics or dark lyrics or, you know, negative, and I was noticing that this NF rapper wasn't doing that to my kids, and I felt like, okay, cool, I can like this too. I think this rap is catchy. I think it's neat. And then I bought us tickets to go see NF in person. He came here and uh, it was standing room only. <laughs> There's no seats. And it was so crowded, like bodies packed. You could never have that now, obviously, with the pandemic and with masks and social distancing. But it was um, standing room only. And I, it was very exciting, but like so squished, like you're just pinned between all these fans. And there were people of all different shapes, sizes, skin tones. There were kids there. There were grandparents there. There was all kinds of people there and people were singing his music. And I was like, this is super cool because I didn't know that grandparents could like rap. And I didn't know that rap was positive enough and, you know, uplifting enough and clean enough for children. And so I'm just looking all around me in shock. Like, wow, all these things that I believed in my whole life, finding out that they're not true made me feel so good. And it felt like it opened up a whole new area of music for me. I've always been into music. I've been playing the piano since I was old enough to walk, pretty much. I wasn't great at the piano when I was little, but I could pick out a tune. Sometimes when we would watch figure skating, we would hear, I would hear some cool soundtrack, motion picture, you know, theme from a film and I would go and sit down on the piano and try to, at the piano and try to play it. I was like, well, I don't have a teacher. I don't have money for a teacher. So I'll just try to teach myself. And I learned how to read the notes and learn how to play the piano on my own. Then I studied it a little bit in high school so that I could accompany other people who were doing solos, duets, ensembles. And I also accompanied the choir during the spring vocal festival and in competitions. And I didn't really greatly know how to read the notes, but I would practice and practice until I could do it, until I could do it really well. If there was a certain part in music that I couldn't play, I would work on it until I got it, or if I just didn't understand it or didn't like it, I would change it a little bit so that it sounded and flowed better and made me feel like it fit better in the song. Because <laughs> not every single arrangement is perfect and awesome, you know? So that's all of high school with my music exposure. I listened to a lot of pop music. My younger sister got me into Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and BB Mac and Westlife. So I would hear boy bands, but I never got to hear any boy bands in a different culture or in a different language until I found BTS in 2018. So just trying to kind of close up the story on finding rapper NF getting used to rap and being okay with rap. Going back to late 2018, when I'm watching Jimmy Fallon interview with BTS and an Ellen interview with BTS or Ellen scares BTS, I didn't really think that they were a musical group. So I just put it on hold and I didn't really have the internet readily available anyway until May of 2019 
when I was watching the voice finale and BTS was actually physically there and they performed Boy With Love, they had their, like, their smiles and Tay had his blue hair and Jungkook was so, just so cute and attractive and everybody was so cool. Boy With Love was the very first song I heard. And when I heard Yoongi's rap for the first time and saw him dancing on the keys in his, in his blue hair and smiling and wearing that suit and like dancing on these huge piano keys. And then I saw whitish, you know, cream colored hair, sort of like very faded blonde Namjoon with his awesome hat and his white suit and his cane during his verse and all that. I was like, this is the coolest music. I can't get enough of this. I love this. Look at these guys. They're dancing. They're singing. There's choreography and none of it's cheesy. None of it's weird. None of it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's making me feel happy. It's so uplifting. That was in May 2019. And I'm like, oh, these must be the same guys I was watching on Ellen last year, November, December, you know, 2018. When I saw them performing a Boy With Love on The Voice USA finale, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. This is the funnest music, the coolest music, the cutest guys, the catchiest tunes and lyrics and the dancing. And they're all just so, you know, polished and together and professional. They're having fun. And I was so excited to come across this. And then I just started feeling this like huge guilt like oh this isn't for me i'm a mom i'm i'm not supposed to be their fan they don't want me to be their fan they want kids to be their fan they want high schoolers to be their fans they want college people to be their fan you know they want people that there are their ages to be their fans they don't want me i'm just this old boring you know frumpy old mom i'm this person who got married and divorced. I'm this person who had my heart broken. I'm this person who has no money and I'm this person who I doesn't I don't even own my own home and I can't afford to go see them in concert. I can't afford their albums and there's no chance I'll ever be able to go to Korea, you know, and I just sit feeling like I shouldn't get into them. I shouldn't pursue this. I should not be gravitating to them. I should not become a fan because I'm not suitable as a fan. I'm not what they're looking for. I'm not what their fan base is looking for. I'm not what their producers and directors and CEO and president are looking for. So I, I shied away from it, but then like I just kept on getting pulled to it. So like the next day I downloaded this app called Zedge and I looked for ringtones that were boy with love and I found uh, a little bit of butterfly. And I was like, what is this haunting melody? What is this beautiful theme that I'm hearing? Butterfly, what is this? And like, there's just like all these clips and all these pieces of BTS songs. And I'm like, there's a whole world that I don't know about. This BTS, what is this? I've got to find out more. <laughs> so that was late May, 2019. And my computer was falling apart. I had like a really limited, very slow connection to the internet. And then I found a way to get internet services and all that by June. One of the times that I most dread in my life every year was coming up, which is the summer vacation weeks that my boys go stay with their dad for four weeks in a row. 
and I thought, how can I be alone? My mom passed away unexpectedly in February, and I could not stop grieving or crying for her. I could not, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't forgive the hospital for focusing on an issue that was not the most important thing. <laughs> they focused on the fact that she couldn't get any sleep instead of focusing on some infection that she had. And she went in okay, and then three nights later she was in a coma, and I had the flu that week, and I could not go to California. I would have gotten in the car with my sisters, and I would have gone if they were okay having me around them, even with the flu. But the fact that I had the nausea and body aches and the chills, the fever, and everything, <laughs> so did my son. I couldn't go say goodbye to my mom. That was February 16th when we lost her, and when my sisters told me she was in heaven. Oh. <laughs> I just remember saying, that's my mommy. That's my mama. She's gone. That's what I remember saying. And I would cry multiple times a day, every single day, for the next three months, until I saw BTS on The Voice. And I started smiling. Oh, and I started feeling an excitement. And I started feeling alive. And then, in June, I'm getting my boys ready to go for those four weeks to be with their dad, and I don't get to see them, and... Just thinking, what am I going to spend my time on besides work? What am I going to do? I'm going to go to work, and then I'm going to come home, and I'm going to be alone. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I remembered Boy With Love every single time, and I would listen to those little tiny clips of Boy With Love in the Zedge app, and I would get so excited again, and I would remember what it looked like to see them performing on the voice finale. So the day my boys went to... Their dad's house was June 24th, 2019, and I came home from dropping them off, and I went straight to my computer, and I turned it on, and it beeped for a long time, and it made the weird noise for a long time, but then it started up, and I googled BTS, and I found two videos that said Jungkook, the youngest member of BTS, there's a little article and it said fans are really excited to see Jungkook swimming or something. I don't know what it was, but I watched those and I was like, wow, he's cool. He's like determined to get this kick turn and swim back and finish his lap in the pool. That, that's really cool. That's really awesome. I have young teenage boys who are athletic and one of them especially the younger one he's he's really interested in sports and I want to teach him that when you want to do something you don't give up until you've done it to your own satisfaction until you find your own happiness or peace with it as far as what you wanted to do if you wanted to pursue it casually or if you wanted to go after it passionately and in those videos with jungle swimming those laps I felt like this is a guy who's got passion and he's going after everything that he wants to do. But I didn't set up a Twitter account at that point. I just spent a whole night in YouTube. So from 6.30 p.m. until 6.30 a.m. I'm not even joking. I stayed up all night long. I skipped dinner. I didn't sleep. And I just watched BTS. I watched interviews. I watched a couple MVs. 
some crack videos, I watched meme videos, I watched uh, a few shipping videos, which I'm not happy about because it's not that I hate those or anything, but I thought that those were, I took those exactly what people were trying to do with them, then I, I took those very seriously. So I thought that the claims that the people were making in the shipping videos were true claims about BTS, about their the way that they self-identify, and so I was like forming opinions based on other people's opinions or wants of them, and just really didn't get to know very well who they were as people because I watched shipping videos and got caught up in those, and I didn't know what other videos to watch because there were so many of those just like coming up, and I would watch one, and there would be another one suggested on the side, and I'd watch that because I'm like... Well, I'm trying to get to know who these guys are, so if I have to see these videos, with it, which is a compilation of adorable stuff, and so like I got this opinion of them that that's how they were, and I didn't know anything about Run BTS or Weavers or V Live or Muster or Festa or anything, so the first night was spent really watching a lot of unofficial content. And then I came across the 100 Days Celebration, KKUL Honey FM, where Yoongi is the MC or the DJ Shoop Shoop. And he, you know, he's got a script and everybody's got their, their notes or their script and they're telling TMI on each other. And they're reading these post-it notes from the staff that are making them all laugh hysterically. And they're talking about their goals and whether their wishes came true and they blow out candles on a cake. I watched all of those Festa, KKUL, Honey FM talks. They're each about an hour long, close to an hour. Um, I just really loved those. And I watched every single one. I watched a few of them twice. And then I started looking for other content like uh, clips of muster and everything. And I came across the Pied Piper uh, Fifth Muster video and just was mesmerized by the vocal line and their outfits that they were wearing. They were all wearing black patterned shirts. I just went deeper and deeper and deeper. I spent the second night watching BTS content and then I found reaction videos and I found a few different reactors. Uh, Roseanne from X Celeste X on YouTube was one of the one of them that I found back then that I still watch and then I found Jose Ochoa and I found this cool guy named Jackson which I believe he has deleted his uh, YouTube channel but I loved watching him he was in South Korea I think he's still there but he would watch the videos and uh, eat a snack and he would speak mostly in Korean but then he would English sub his own videos and then he would come on live and uh, have people recommend music that we like to listen to so that he could listen to it as well. And he ended up growing his channel a lot um, to the point where he felt like it, he felt uncomfortable that he was gaining more views and more like subscribers from using someone else's content besides his own. So he deleted most of his videos, most of his reaction videos, and was just making his own content. And then he ended up deleting his whole channel. But I really, my heart like kind of turned towards him because a lot of the way that he was watching the videos was how I was feeling. He was showing us his raw 
and first impression, you know, reactions to the MVs and all that. And he would cry sometimes and I would cry. And so I could relate to him. And when I found mono playlist or mono playlist by RM, I watched this Jackson guy reacting to it and crying like tears streaming down his cheeks. Even though I didn't know all the lyrics, I could still feel the emotion of the music. And I really got into watching reaction videos for a while. So I didn't spend a lot of my time watching MVs yet or looking for concert stages or, you know, any special performance stages. I didn't know about Music Bank or Mnet or anything, KBS and all those. So over the next while, over the next four weeks, I really found a lot of that. I found out about VLive and Weverse, made accounts there, made my Twitter account sometime in August, I believe. And then I started watching K-dramas thanks to finding out that Tay was in Huarong. Really got excited about those and wished I had more access to them. Then I came across Viki. Then I got Netflix and slowly over time was building my bank account up to where I could afford a better internet connection and more data on my phone so that I could watch BTS and listen to them most of the time whenever I wanted to. And used a couple gift cards on their albums so I bought a few of their albums and then I saved up some money and bought tickets to the Map of the Soul 7 tour. By next week will be one year from the time that the concert date, the dates were when I was planning on driving to California and watching them in concert for my very first time on April 25th for 2020 before it got postponed and then cancelled. In this episode, I didn't plan on getting emotional. I didn't even plan on talking about any of this stuff today. I was just going to chatter on a little bit and thank you for joining me and thank you for following me and letting me follow you back in Twitter because I recently was able to connect with a lot more armies and I'm really thankful for you. I'm really thankful to have more connections now and to have more people to talk with and more people to enjoy BTS with. And um, so if this is your first podcast episode that you've listened to of Begin the Search, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the raw and real feelings and expression that here I am. This is why I do it is because I love BTS and I'm trying to show how my heart was broken open and how BTS is helping me heal from some of my traumas, some of my heartaches, and some of my beliefs about myself and about the world, about life and about others. I just wanted to not keep it to myself. This is kind of a process that I'm going through, and it is like me writing my own story, basically, writing my past, writing my present, and I want to write my own future as well. So I created this podcast so that I could show you guys how BTS has inspired me to make my life better and to try to help others by being a lifeline for others, by helping more, by noticing more, by serving more if I can, by listening more, by being kinder, because that's who BTS is. They inspire me to do better and to be better and to just reach for more in my life and to help others reach for higher something better than our current circumstances if our current circumstances aren't that great 
And that's what I want to do. I didn't want to just keep it to myself. If I have this wonderful, beautiful thing, this gift, I don't want to just keep it to myself. I want to share it. And when I told a lot of my loved ones about BTS, they didn't, um, they, they weren't too interested, you know? And I was like, how can you not be interested? I just don't understand that. <laughs> I don't understand how this isn't the coolest thing ever. How these aren't the coolest guys ever for every single person, you know, on this planet. But, you know, they're not for everybody. If you are latching on to BTS and diving in deep, I think that, you know, there's obviously something that we have in common. And I don't know what it is, and I can't claim to guess why you and I, living very different lives, if that's what we are doing, why we are all latching on to BTS, and why other people aren't. Why some are just shrugging their shoulders and saying, ah, it's not my thing, it's not my cup of tea, you know, it's not the music I like, it's not the look I like, or if people are actually going to be rude about it and make inappropriate or negative comments about how they look or about how they dress or the stage makeup or the lyrics of their songs or their comedy shows or anything. Like if someone's going to be rude and mean, I have no time for those people. I will defend BTS and I will defend my love for BTS. But if someone's just going to shrug it off and say, it's not my thing, then that's fine. We don't have to talk. We don't have to converse. And I don't want to try to convince anyone who feels that way that it really should be their thing and that it is their thing because, you know, if you don't feel attracted or drawn to something, then someone shouldn't try to force you into it and make you like it just because they like it. So I've given you my story of how I became ARMY and it was a little bit of a tear-filled portion towards the end there, but I just really wanted to share it with you guys. And if you've never heard a podcast where someone's crying, I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world, but I I can't promise that if you come here again and listen to the episodes that you aren't going to hear real and raw feelings like that. I can't promise that if we talk and or if you just listen or if I create a YouTube channel or other things that I'm not going to break down sometimes and feel emotional and let you guys hear that. I'm not trying to hide anything. This is just how it is. This is who I am and how it is and how I feel. And I really wanted to get across, I guess, from my heart, how much of a turnaround my life has made thanks to finding BTS when I saw them on The Voice. And so even though I could try to reach back and claim that I've been ARMY since late November or early December of 2018, I can't really because I didn't know their music and I didn't really know who they were. I didn't know their names, any of that. Um, I mean, I can. If I want to say that I was ARMY from then, I could say that. But I really attribute it to diving in deep on June 24th, 2019. I would say that that is my ARMYversary. I've chosen my date as June 24th. So I'm less than two years old as ARMY. <laughs> I'm just really grateful to have found you guys. I'm grateful that I'm not in this alone. And I'm grateful that there are many of you who have shared with me in Twitter that BTS has helped you at a time in your life when you were going through some big changes or when you were at a very low point in your life. And I'm 
hoping that they've pulled you out of a pit of heartbrokenness, just as they did with me. I'm hoping that they helped you to wake up to the fact that life can be beautiful and joyful again. I just want to leave all that with you and I will come again when I feel particularly chatty when I want to make another episode. Or if you want to join me, we can chat together. It's really, really easy. All I have to do is send you a link. And as soon as you click the link, you're in. And we just use our phones like we're having a phone conversation and we talk. And that's how we can record and get an amazing, exciting podcast episode together. I have some little games that we could play and we don't have to be in the same place. We just have to be able to be on at the same time. Recording a podcast is extremely easy. So if you've ever wanted to try it, you can start one up without any money at all. You can just download a free app and go for it. Um, but I do hope that I can make this podcast into something that's a little bit more well put together over time. <laughs> because I don't want it to be a mess. I want it to be very enjoyable, very uplifting, very helpful in some way to anyone who may be out there who needs to hear it or anyone who needs to feel like you can relate to it or relate to my story or relate to other armies. And I want to apologize for the email that I tried to set up a few months back. I actually had to delete that email because I was getting a whole bunch of spam right away. I don't know why, but I'm feeling like the email address that I chose, I, it was called Love Notes from Army. Um, I'm f at gmail.com. I feel like that email was too close to something else, and that's why a bunch of spam came in. So I am planning on setting up a new email, but until that happens, if you have Twitter, you can message me in Twitter and say what it, whatever you might want to say. Um, feedback about the podcast, or if you'd like to join me in the podcast, or if you have a story you would like me to share either anonymously or giving me your Twitter handle or permission to, you know, tell people where they can find you in social media. I'm happy to do that, but I think it would be the most fun for us to actually converse and meet together, uh, you know, over the app or whatever, um, just using our smartphones to be able to talk about BTS and have a really great time chattering away about them. And I want all of you to remember that it is Bong Bong Con tonight. Pong pong corn, I guess. A lot of people are making corn salad because the little, the little announcements or the little greetings or the little snippets that BTS members did for three nights in a row. Uh, you know, first it was Tay and Hobie. The second night it was Jin and Jungkook. Is that right? I might be wrong. I'm so sorry if I am. Third night was Namjoon, Yoongi, and Jimin. But everybody ended up talking about having corn or corn salad. So I'm not planning on having corn salad. I mean, I think I have some canned corn at home, but I don't think I'm going to go out and shop for some ingredients to make a corn salad. I mean, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll just throw some like pinto beans together and some corn and some salsa, some cilantro and eat it plain because <laughs> I'm trying not to have carbs and chips and stuff lately. I have some avocado as well, so maybe I'll eat that just to kind of try to have my own. Um, am I planning on eating at all? I Yes, I am, even though it's going to be very late at night for me. I'm going to have snacks because if I don't, I'm probably going to fall asleep. 
Oh boy, I am so looking forward to watching The Fifth Muster. Oh, I can't wait. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to have corn salad. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it sounds like it would be like a sweet corn salsa or something. But if you have time to take a nap, I encourage you to take a nap. And if you think you're going to be knocked out too much from being too sleepy, I encourage you to set more than two alarms to wake you up for the show. Dive in and have fun. Clap and sing along, whatever you can do. If there's a noise ordinance where you live, definitely keep keep it to you know the volume that you're supposed to have. But if you live in a home or a place where noise is not an issue, make the noise. Treat it like a real concert. Have fun with it. If you have to go to the bathroom, then turn the, turn it way up so you can still hear it when you're in the bathroom. I don't know. Sorry, but, and be comfortable and stretch. Don't just sit down on your, on your couch or wherever and just sit there the whole time, but like actually try to interact and have a good time because this life is a gift and your body is a gift and BTS is a gift and having the experience to watch this is just a wonderful, precious gift and I want to thank everyone who made it possible for us to do this thanks to Big Hit or Hybe uh, labels or company or whatever they're called Hybe Entertainment and Big Hit labels and, and everything I really really appreciate them doing this for us okay I've jabbered on enough thank you so much for your listening ears thank you so much for your heart and for your time remember to love yourself try even in some small way to love yourself and fake it till you make it because it will work if you keep on trying every single day we can learn so much from bts and just from the fact that jin looks at himself in the mirror and tells himself that he's handsome even if he didn't believe it at first or even if some days he might not believe it as much but he actually does look like how he looks and we can do the same thing. And a lot of our insecurities and our self-doubts come from how we think we look. And if someone else has told us we're ugly or no one else has ever said we're ugly, but we still think we're ugly, we can change that because our brain is like a computer and we can reprogram our brain to believe better about ourselves. So I want us to keep that in mind. I'm hoping that you heard something that was useful and helpful for you. And if you liked it, go ahead and let me know if you want. It's been really great to have you here. And I thank you so much for coming by to listen to the episode. This has been Begin the Search. You can find me in Twitter at Kathos TV. And it is spelled at K-A-E-T-H-O-S-T-V. Thanks, and I will see you again next time.